0: This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 305, for the week of Wednesday, the 3rd of January, 2018. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... John. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the SH Figure Arts Time Patroller, the Diamond Gallery Netflix Daredevil, the Hasbro Marvel Legends exclusive X-Force and Back in Black Deadpools, and the DC Collectibles Vixen Bombshell Statue. Adam and John, and John and Adam, how are you both? Well, good. It's been a long time since we uh, got to uh, talk to you, Mr. John. Yeah, it wasn't all that long It
1: was, what, five episodes? So that's five that's episodes. better than a lot of last year. So
0: well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been happening in your neck of the woods?
1: Snow, cold. Um, you know, you, you guys probably have this, but... Um, I had a TV that I've had for 16, 17 years, big projection TV. You're trying to get rid of a TV these days. It's not (sighs) easy. (sighs) I had to like go back and forth all over Fort Wayne yesterday. The first place I went to, they said, oh, that's old on our website. We don't do that anymore.
0: (laughs) As in like just to dump it.
1: Yeah. Well, because TVs, um, there's almost nowhere that you can take them now that you don't have to pay. If they're two TVs, flat okay. panel, they don't care. But if it's two TV, you gotta pay. So I it to the next place on the list, and uh, they're like, "Oh, well, we can take it, but we'll you'll have to pay by the pound." Uh-huh. Um, I was like, I was like, okay, well, how much is it? And it, we got it off, and it was like, the, I had a monitor and this this projection TV. It was 180 pounds, and so it was gonna be like 60 bucks. And he's like, "Well, if you take it over to this other place, they take TVs under 46 inches for 10 bucks each." because they're subsidized by some county or something, you know, it's like, okay. So I get over there, the guy opened up the car, get in, you know, the place and none of these places are right next to each other. So I got to drive all over town, um, drive over there. The guy's like, Oh yeah, we'll take it. And you know, 20 bucks. And I'm like, Oh good. And he goes, but we only take cash or check. I'm like, well, yeah. that would have been nice to know before I got here. So pack, you know, at least yeah. I didn't get it unpacked there. Yeah. Drove over, found a Walgreens and, um, you know, Took out some cash and went back and finally got rid of it. But yeah, some days you huh. just can't get rid of a TV.
0: How much How much do you reckon you spent in petrol driving around trying to find a cheap place to dump it?
1: Uh, probably five or ten bucks, but I still think I saved over the pound thing because it would have been. Okay, so you, you, know,
2: got, you still were ahead of yeah. the game. You couldn't have just left it out on the curb for someone to come and pick it up?
1: No, they they won't take it.
2: No, but mm-hmm. I mean, like just a random person from the neighborhood
1: I, to pick it up. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think anybody would have taken it. Huh. No, and if they would have taken it, they probably would have brought it back to me because it wasn't working perfectly. The color was off on it. and It was. It won't hook up to, like for some reason, it won't work with a regular cable box anymore. So, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It, get, was, it was very very trying.
0: <laughs> yeah. In our council, we get four free hard rubbish pickups a year. And hmm. you just have to call and book it. And they'll take anything. All except... Nah, like chemicals and stuff but they would take an old television for sure yeah um, well, like, the, like I said the if annoying it thing hadn't, sorry, the, the annoying,
1: two, you, the you, the you annoying thing is why I keep interrupting yeah go
0: ahead I was saying, the annoying thing is that you book it but they then you just have to kind of put it out and then they you go on the list and so it can sit there for a while um, mm. which means that sometimes like stuff will go, people will just come and take it. But then sometimes people will actually add to it. And that's something <laughs> you come out and you're like, Whoa, that's not our trampoline. What did I have in there? Like, mm. So well.
1: I'd be like, Oh, that looks pretty good. I'm going to drag that back. back <laughs> <Yeah. in."> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's funny. Sorry. What were you trying to say?
1: Uh It's just, you know, if it hadn't been a tube TV, it's just, yeah, it was my last CRT monitor. Last one to Uh, go. yeah. And that TV had been good to us over the years. So that was good, too.
0: It lasted a long time by the sound of it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I know I got it in 2000, like around Easter of 2000. So um, I can't complain. And that's kind of why I'm loyal to Sony TVs. Um, You know, it worked out pretty well. So,
0: yeah, I can't complain. And how was the holiday season at the Engineer Nerd facility?
1: Um, My mom and dad were here, so... Um, it was good. Got to play some cribbage with my dad and, you know, my mom got to make some food and stuff. So she was happy. They brought a ton of Christmas cookies, like more than, you know, we needed for four people and two dogs. (laughs) So it was good. It was a good holiday. It was nice. It was, you know, we didn't run around a lot. So just got to kind of hang out and Mrs. Nerd and my mom did a bunch of crafts together. So
0: it it was fun. That's cute. That's good. Hmm. Very, very good. And Mr. Adam, what about you? How were the holiday festivities at the Adam household?
2: Uh, there has not been significant progress since last we checked in. Um, I guess my most significant achievement is uh, reading a couple of Enid Blyton, not really Enid Blyton, famous five, uh, fan, no, it is famous five uh, books. I've read uh, Five on Brexit Island and uh, Five Give Up the Booze. And I think they're they both enjoyable reads, but didn't really go anywhere.
0: Give up the booze?
2: Yeah. So these are not actually Enid Blyton novels. They're written by a gentleman named Bruno Vincent. Okay. And they're they're under uh, essentially a group of books called Enid Blyton for
0: grown-ups. Got it. Hmm. Sounds interesting.
3: Hmm.
1: (laughs) I have no idea. No. I've never never heard of this.
0: No. (laughs) Scott's just mortified. I just, <laughs> just, like, just ruined his childhood. Oh my not my childhood. Ian Blighton was not. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was not a, a huge uh, feature of my little American childhood. No. So yeah, fair all yeah, all good. <laughs> In the Australians, you know, childhood. Yeah, probably you just ruined it. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Hmm.
2: So yeah, not a lot. How about you?
0: Oh yeah. So I think I mentioned last time that, uh, my, we had a lovely family Christmas and then, um, the, the, all the ladies of the household have taken off for a week. Um, and this is the middle of that. So I, um, have been kind of working and then getting some stuff done and doing my annual toy purge, um, of Mm -hmm. things that need to go to make room and budget to have more toys, basically. Um, and there's uh, something very cathartic about it. I think, like particularly having this huge collection of loose figures that I don't display, um, and I have, I have, you know, a lot of DC older DC stuff that I'm still kind of working through, and um, and uh, even with the Marvel Legends collection, like I I'm not the kind of person that needs every single figure. Like I want, you know, one of every character, but I'm cool to let kind of older versions of things go, and so. I did a huge Marvel Legends purge, um, the other day and, mm-hmm. uh, got a DC set, you know, as well to go. And it's all, you know, and, and it's quite, I think there's something I like about that, particularly because I don't display them about some of them, you know, finding a new home and, um, then helping me, you know, my, my, the volume of my collection is definitely shrinking, um, because the main things I buy are more expensive. Um, but I think that's, you know, I drew this line a little while ago of I spend enough money. Um so it's a good motivator to do it so that I can kind of I think because I'm collecting bigger things too my schedules a bit more planned out in terms of I know what's coming and then what the budget needs to be so it's all kind of rather healthy and a little bit grown up I don't know it's weird. Hmm. Um <laughs> um yeah so that's all good and I have got the um undiluted attention of all the animals of the household which is fun but also slightly overwhelming at food time um so today i had a little snooze on the couch um, before dinner and then awoke with two dogs on me and two cats staring at me um <laughs> Come on, hurry up! Don't you realize it's time? Um, so that's all. It's all fun. Otherwise, I think I would be super lonely. But the Scottets come back this Wednesday, and then Mrs. Scotty has got another week of me time away, which I'm very happy that she's getting. Um, so yeah, it's all all happening. Cool. Well, well, I think um, we have we've done our year in review. Um, this is our first show of 2018, which is just whack-a-doodle, Um To you know, think that we've kind of gotten that far doesn't feel like 2018 yet. Certainly, um, probably because it's not 2018 when we're recording this. But you know, technicalities, like I don't know, do any of you feel like it's 2018?
1: No, but I'm living in the past here. So compared well, that's, to
0: that's that's true. That's true. So it's definitely closer to th- 2018. Um, for us than it is for you, that's for sure.
2: Uh, I think I'd written 2018 next to some notes I was writing at work um, a couple of weeks ago, but then I would have followed that up pretty quickly by writing 2016. So I, I have uh, no idea uh, what it really is. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like um, I, I what passed? I was doing a bit of just you know normal shopping today, and what passed and saw the. Calendars and I was like, because I never, unless I get a calendar as a gift, I never buy the next year's calendar until they're you know on deep sale. But um, you got to find that line between the calendars will still get cheaper, and I've got to start getting the year organized. So I nearly bought a 2018 calendar today, but I'll I'll hold off a little longer. make them sweat a little longer. I want to see the um you know calendar people just get a little bit more desperate before I uh, um buy anything.
1: I I don't. I don't do that anymore because I'm on my desk at work. I have to have a Dilbert page a day and I waited Uh. too long one year and I didn't get one and I got like some other page a day and like, it was terrible. I had like a year of no humor and now I got, I got got, a Yeah. I have to have my Dilbert.
0: That is funny. (laughs) That is very funny. I don't
1: wait. I don't mess with that. I I learned my lesson.
0: This year from my um, secret Santa at work, I got a, um, page a day comic book trivia calendar, and mm. it looks fantastic. I actually cannot wait to get stuck into it because, um, like, just the couple of ones on the box were like it's written by somebody that obviously does really know. Like, uh, so I was like, oh, I, I like this. Yeah, it's, um, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, but I often fail at those, you know, page a day calendars. We kind of ignore it for a month and then go, oh my gosh, it's August. Wait, okay. But it rip 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 rip. So
1: No, I'm I'm go. good. Mine mine every day. And and Dilbert last year killed it. They they just killed it. Everything was like spot on stuff that I, I could relate wonder. to. So yeah. It's always fun. Wonder, yeah. Well Dilbert. Except except they changed to the business casual and that's kind of disconcerting because now he doesn't have the tie, he's got a red polo shirt
0: on. Oh, really? I'm not yeah. up with my current Dilbert. Yeah. It's like a, a permanent a thing, shirt, yeah. is it? They, they I guess it changed. was
1: like the last three quarters last year. So, well, yeah, that's hmm. that's some um, deep,
0: deep, but accurate, man. but accurate. Well, yeah, who wears ties anymore? Good grief. Hmm. <laughs> okay, not me. No, not me. That's right. I when I finished in independent schools where you had to wear a tie every day, I was like, I'm never wearing a tie again. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> always,
1: I have some cool ties,
0: I do too, yeah, but. The the only time I've worn a tie once since, you know, in the last five years, I didn't wear a tie to my mother's funeral. Um, Cause I was like, no, nah, I didn't bring a tie. I don't have ties. Uh, uh, to be fair, when I packed, I didn't think I was actually going for a funeral. I thought I was going to have the kind of time with her before I have to go back for a funeral and all just happened. But then, you know, my dad was like, do you want to borrow a tie? And I was like, nah, I, don't I don't want to wear a tie. But then um, when Holly had her, uh, when my eldest had her um, debutante ball which <clears> is a is a thing. Um, I was talking to a friend's dad earlier in the day and he was like, so are you wearing a tie? And I was like, oh, I don't think so. I don't really wear ties, whatever. And there's not much that could make me wear a tie. Uh, but my wife made me wear a tie. My wife is <laughs> the one. Yeah. So, you know, the, my wife is the one thing that you know could definitely <laughs> make me wear a tie.
1: <laughs> yes, dear. Yes, I will. We understand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's you know, just kind of one of those unspoken rules. Right. Like, Yep. Yes. Yes, I will. Yep. Okay. Well, um, I think that another thing that we should probably do uh, is do some reviews. So I think, Adam, we're going to have you kick off tonight. So we'll come. Back to- Yay. For Adam is first and we'll come back and we'll let Adam be first. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Ex-Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, we have four Toys of the Week for your listening pleasure this evening, and Adam is going to kick off with the first one. So over to you, Adam.
2: Thank you, Scotty. So my Toy of the Week is the SH Figure Arts Dragon Ball Z Time Patroller Xenoverse Edition, the full title of this figure. Um, I don't think that it particularly makes a lot of sense whether you call it a Xenoverse Edition or not. I don't think that it's really distinguished from uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Uh, so, these are both video games, and this is a figure based off the video game. So, it's not really canon for um, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, or Dragon Ball GT, if GT is still canon anymore. And I don't think it ever really was, but there you go. Um, so, this character is the player character um, from the Dragon Ball Z Universe games. Uh, as you would have them if you chose to make zero modifications when establishing your player character. So a bit of background, Dragon Ball Z Universe uh, takes the Dragon Ball Z uh, timeline and basically there's villains going through that have disrupted the timeline and you have to go back and fix events that they happen as they did in the original timeline by beating the shit out of people. How else? Um, and therefore, you have to have a, a badass character capable of beating shit out of people, and that's what this guy is. So, get through the other background or other details of the figure. Um, it was released in 2017. I got mine in 2017. It is a Bandai figure, and it went for about 50 bucks US. The packaging is fairly standard for a figure arts in terms of it's the the uh, window box with the wraparound onto the one side um, and the top as far as the window. Uh, you've got lots of nice graphic on the front sides and uh, on the back you've got a couple ideas. Well, actually, the side back doesn't really give you much in the way of ideas about how to pose, um, but it does also show you that there is a Trunks version of this. Uh, it also tells you one of the other things that you find in the box, which is that you get um, a couple of redeemable TP, uh, so Ray in-game money medals um, for the Xenoverse 2 game for PlayStation 4. Uh, and if you actually open this up and you look under the piece of coloured cardboard that sits in the back, there is, in fact, the redeem code for that. Apparently this is only redeemable for the um, Japanese version of the game. I'm not sure why that doesn't carry over to US or Australian, but there you go. Um, I do not have Xenoverse 2, and I don't really care about going off to to get it, Um, and it's certainly not going to be something that having a redeem code would have influenced me on either way. But had I uh, had the game and was interested in doing that, it would have been annoying. Um, The... Packaging, so you've still got the the standard tray with all the figure in it and the little cover that uh, clicks into place on top of that. Below that you have the um, effect part, flight stand, well it's really just an effect stand, Uh, it doesn't have a clip for holding the character, and that's in the usual little plastic baggie with sticky tape holding that onto the back of a tray. The figure itself, so... The easiest way to describe this figure yeah. for those that are familiar with Dragon Ball Z, but not the Xeniverse, is this is essentially trunks in terms of from the neck down. Uh, instead of wearing a black singlet, he's wearing a yellow shirt of some sort, and maybe a singlet, maybe may be a t-shirt. It's unable to be told because you can't actually see, follow uh, what is essentially the piccolo cape that sits over the top of the trunks jacket. Um, so, for those that are unaware, this guy is wearing a blue denim jacket with the capsule Core logo on the left shoulder. Uh, he has a cape over that, which is a, a wraparound. So, it's kind of, um, it looks kind of like a, an Araby type um, cloak kind of thing. He has a yellow shirt, uh, a nice chunky belt, uh, purpley grey pants, and some orange yellow boots um, the cape is actually just about the most annoying thing of the entire figure you have articulation because it's attached via a ball joint as far as the main cape piece it's a single solid piece though so you can't make it really do too much um, you can take the cape off of the ball joint but you can't remove the piece that sits over the jacket so that's there to stay. Uh, and the other thing is, as you start lifting the cape up a bit, it changes the center of gravity substantially and makes it difficult to uh, stand the figure up without a stand in any kind of useful pose, as though you had, like, you know, the wind or something blowing the cape back while he's just standing still. Very annoying. The other thing that's a bit annoying is um, the pop collar on the jacket is significantly high and it does restrict some of the head movement. They've given him a fairly long neck, I think, to try and accommodate that a little bit, but it's still not perfect. Um, I guess the other thing, the joints of mine, as you can hear, are fairly creaky. Um, I'm not sure why. It's not actually anything rubbing on the cape, but the top of the cloak part does restrict the shoulder a little bit. Um, Turning through the waist is fine. The midriff um, swivel or cup um, crunch is fine. It has the new uh, improved crotch articulation, um, which looks nicer when you've got it posing in kind of a uh, a standing-up fashion. But as soon as you try and do, like, the splits, you can see these uh, little swivels coming out from the crotch, which don't look okay to me at all. Um, other than that it's a fairly standard level of articulation so you've got double joint to knees but obviously as pernally it's a, a straight up and down swivel same goes for the elbow uh, shoulder is a two stage joint with a ball joint at the outer ankle is a ball joint and the toes are just a swivel as pernally um Hands, so there are how I mean, six pairs of swap-out hands as well as the default punchy hands. Um, so you have open palm, fingers blade, key blasting, you have kamehameha hands, and you have general gripping holding hands, which is interesting because he doesn't come with anything to grip or hold. Um, arguably, you might expect him to have like a sword or something. He has no such thing which is annoying. Uh, there is, as i said, a Kamehameha effect part. This is essentially the same as what came with um, adult Gohan, but he's blue instead of yellow. So there's that for you. Uh, and there are two heads. There is a base head where he has uh, red hair, and there is the Super Saiyan head where he has yellow hair. And then there are two portraits for each. The default red head has a kind of serious but looks like he's got a little line to indicate a smirk, but his mouth is not going in a smirk fashion, so that's interesting. And he has a shouting head. The Super Saiyan heads, one is shouting and one is serious teeth gritted. Uh, The other thing that I guess needs to be said about these is they all have um, Saiyan scouters on. But unfortunately, unlike the Vegeta figure... These are not, and I think possibly Nappa might have come with a scouter. I can't remember. I don't think he did. Um, these aren't removable; they're sculpted on. And I think that's one of the areas where paint becomes a relevant issue because there's a couple little bits where the paint is not perfect all the way around on the scouter, on the um like the little ear black piece that you have on a an old headphone uh, in your own house. Um, so that's not perfect. The other place, I thought there was another place I'd seen a paint issue. Ah, that's what the other one was. I haven't checked all the other Super Saiyan uh, figures, but I did notice, I'm just checking some of the others now, this guy actually has a wash in his ear, but only on the Super Saiyan portraits. Um, And it's not consistent. And so the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, is that meant to be a wash? Is that just paint slop or something weird happening? Um, and then in the other ear, it's a more consistent wash, but it's far too heavy a wash, and so it just looks kind of stupid or like he's got some kind of brown fungus infection growing in his ear. Um, so, you know, the paint's not the best. The buck for this in terms of if it's reuse, I don't think it actually is. And the reason I say that is, that the original trunks did not have the new crotch. The improved colours was before the new crotch. Um, so I think this actually stands a bit taller, and I'd have to go and check about the – I'm just doing a quick check now. Give me a short moment. Um, I don't know that the original had the midriff cut either, So um, or the ab crunch. So this guy's got a bit of height, I think, from the new legs and crotch. And I think he's got a bit more height from um, the body being given the ab crunch. But overall, I guess that means you've got a bit more posability. Um, ab crunches weren't in the first round of the figure arts reckonable Z figures. Um, but I guess the top from above that would be reuse. Uh, I'm just looking. Yeah. So the collar line has been slightly re-sculpted, the cape is new, heads are all new. So, you know, there's a decent amount of of new kit on this. Um, So from that perspective, it's kind of cool. I guess the the drawbacks are somewhat that it's not superposable, Um, it's not a canon figure, so... You know, it's it's one of those you may want to pass up on. I guess the other thing is it's always a bit odd to me when you create a video game figure from a video game where the character is highly customizable, um, like in this game, where you could have had, instead of a Saiyan character, you could have had uh, a Namek or you could have had someone like Majin Buu or you could have had um, one of Freeza's species. So it's kind of strange to go, oh, yeah, no, this is the hero, right? This is who you're meant to be playing as. I'm like, bitch, please, my character looks significantly different. Um, and I think it's another problem with things like, like um, when people did start doing Skyrim and Elder Scrolls characters was, well, here you go, here's the the figure. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't play as that character. I played as a different-looking character, and you haven't given us options for building that or a different character. And it's one of those where you probably want to go and go, okay, look, here's the base character. And here's a bunch of other parts you can go and customize it with. And considering this one is really not that customizable, it probably limits the enjoyment factor a fair bit as well. Um yeah, so I mean it's a pretty decent figure. If you take away the whole that's not my character. Um, and non-canon character issues, you're probably sitting here going, yeah, it's a pretty decent figure, um, the cape posability is a bit naff, um, creaky joints doesn't really bother me, um, the paint issues are not that big, and I guess the other thing is not being able to have a, remo- a removable scouter um, is quite annoying. So I'd probably give this... Hmm, I have a feeling it's somewhere between six and an eight, but it's really hard to figure out exactly where. I think probably six and a half or seven out of ten. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Do you know um, in that game is there is there two different players? Like, I mean, uh, you know, you look at some of the fighting games and you get, you know, uh, Ryu and his, you know, player one, and then Ryu and his player two. Is there that kind of? Thing where they're going to come out with one of these in six months that's just a different colorway?
2: There's Yes. So it's a single-player game. I don't know what the multi- or multiplayer is. It's just essentially um, massive online fighting type mm-hmm. thing. Um, so there's no real need for a, a player, player two. two variant. I mean, you'd consider doing just different costuming, but I don't think that they're going to. I don't think it makes any sense.
1: Unless it was like a Tamashi exclusive. Oh, hey, you can get this color or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I'd be pretty hard-pressed to be purchasing
1: that. On his cape, is there like a little cut in the middle of it? Like in the front? Because one of the pictures I'm looking at, it looks like there's like a little opening in the middle of the cape.
2: There is not.
1: There okay, is that's not. just the way it must look in the picture. Or is it a prototype picture maybe?
2: This is from the big bad. Yeah. So, the, uh, the very first one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. No, that's not in my in the production figure.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not sure why that would have been there in a prototype either. Okay. Unless the cape was removal at some point.
1: I don't know if there was an accessory that popped in it or... No. Maybe. No. <laughs>
2: I mean, if I take the back segment of the cape off, it does look like the cape sits on two little, um, two little bits that protrude out of the back of the mm. figure. But it also looks like it's either glued on there. Yeah, so it's glued on there. I'm not going to pull on that. Um, so I don't think that you can actually take it off. And if you did, it'd look kind of stupid anyway. To have at least those two hanging off it, even if you remove the ball joint. For the cape. So, yeah, I guess if you really wanted to have the figure without the cape, you could repaint a original trunks um, and just fit the head on it and see how you went. But,
1: yeah. Looks, looks like he's wearing a seatbelt for a belt.
2: Yeah, it's not the best looking belt ever. I think that's really the choice of colors more than anything. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Very good. So this is, is there going to be more in this uh, line from the Zeniverse, or...? I haven't
2: seen any um, solicited or previewed at this point. I guess if you're going to, you do some of the villains um, that aren't standard Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z villains. Um, so there's, I think, three or four of those. And I think there was a Kai of Time as well, so you could do her as well. Um, but, yeah, I I haven't seen any of those being announced.
1: When when he goes to uh, Super Saiyan, do they call that xenomorphing? Uh,
2: no? No. Nothing?
0: No. no.
2: Earth. Yeah, it was bad enough I had to bang my head on the table.
0: Okay, did that help at all, or because it, no, it, not it, really. It was great audio. <laughs> 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 okay, well, after that little bit of podcasting brilliance, um, we will take a short break. Thank you very much for that, Adam, except for the head banging, and uh, we will come back with the error next toy of the week.
2: Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues.
3: Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger
2: until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the right now. But wait, it's Evil Frieza. The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of
1: their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it,
3: each soul separately.
0: Well, these days, thanks to time zones and schedules and all those other nefarious things, we don't get to hear uh, as many reviews from the fabulous John as we would like. And so it's always a special treat when he can share with us, and he is going to share with us this evening. So over to you, John.
1: Well, thank you very much. This is probably due to the podcast. I think I alluded to it on 300 that, you know, I had bought some statues from Diamond Select this year, the gallery ones. Um, You know, uh, Netflix, when they did their Daredevil, obviously they brought Punisher on, and so Diamond Select has done a line of those. And I ordered pre-ordered Punisher, and they had Daredevil up for the same time, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to get that too. And then I have Elektra on pre-order, and um, Uh. Jessica Jones on pre-order, and I actually went back and I had a uh, promo coupon, and I went back and got Luke Cage. So um, Nice. Which, which, then this is outside of this review, but they actually have um have Iron Fist or, or Danny up for pre-order, and and they changed the base on it, and um, yeah, I mean, I'll get into that a little bit, but in a the figure looks bad enough that I or the statue looks bad enough, I haven't pre-ordered that one. I mean, part of me is like, oh, I really need to have him to to fill out the you know the defenders, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm talking about Daredevil tonight because, you know, he was the number one Netflix show, or he was the first one. We had two seasons of him. So uh, that's what we're seeing here. Uh, the company's obviously Diamond Select, and this was released last year, late, you know, two, 2017, I think around October ish. Um, and I actually got him and Punisher on the same day. So uh, thank you. Um, that That was kind of cool. It's a statue, so there's no articulation here at all. Uh, there's no accessories. It's just, you know, single piece in a box. Well, I mean, it wasn't a single piece. They've glued it together, but it's a single piece now. <laughs> and these run mm-hmm. I want to say they were run he was running in the thirty five, forty dollar range when I got him. Um, I don't know if he's still up for order anywhere. I don't know if he's still available or not. So um it Scott likes to refer to the packaging. This is reverse clamshell, meaning it comes in like a I think I big window. That term. Yeah, he comes in a big um window box, three sided window box with like the reverse clamshell trays inside of it. And so I I was pretty happy with that. Um, You know, you can pull them out, put them back in. Uh, There's just a couple little pieces of tape to cut. Um, They actually have some on the side of the clamshells too, which, um, you know, you got to cut to get them out, but that's okay. So getting into it, uh, this is definitely the TV daredevil. I mean, he's got the leather outfit on um, looks pretty good. I think, if I remember right, this is more season two and into the defenders style of his outfit. If I remember right. Um, so, you know, I think it's the post getting beat up by Punisher. I will say that Punisher was the first one I opened because as you know, I'm a Punisher fan and this was the second one I opened and, um, he looks pretty good. I don't, necessarily there's some things here that I, I don't like as much as punisher and there's some other things that are, are just as good um he's very museum pose which is you know facing straight forward and he is standing on a little bit of rooftop um so like a little square it looks like a rooftop for like a matchbox car um building <laughs> it's about that size but it, it's finished all the way around which, which i like um I kind of understand a little of kind of your problems now with, with bases um, because I've tried to get him and, you know, some of the other statues kind of together in a grouping. And, and it's a little more difficult because just because of these square bases, while they look cool and they fit all the characters, um, you, you know, it fits that defender street level. Hey, we're all going to go stand on the rooftop and look cool. Um, it, it, does make it to where you can't kind of get some of these characters up on one another. I was really hoping from the pre-order pictures that maybe those would kind of, um, fit together in a diorama, but they're all different colors and heights and sizes. And so th- they are not the same. Um, oh. you know, uh, so it's, it, it works, but it kind of limits your display ability, I guess. And they're not removable. So, um, that's another thing. Uh, one thing I was impressed with on the paint on all, on him, uh, all of it is, is really crisp except for the head. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, a lot of little silver buckles here and there, uh, little silver snaps, that kind of thing that you can see little rivets. Um, I, I like that, you know, obviously I like the finish, uh, not too much of a wash. I mean, I, he has a little bit on, on a couple of places, but not overly done, but not, um, just just about the right amount of wash. You know, it's not overwashed. It's not um, underwashed. It's just just enough to bring out the detail. I think. Uh, I was talking about scale before. Um, well, let me before I go to that, I'll talk about his head. Uh, this is a master devil, obviously. Uh, so he's got the the helmet over his head, and the bottom half of his face is showing. And this is the one area where the paint for me is not what it should be. Um, in the in the show, he Matt tends to have like a uh, you know a two three day stubble kind of going on, which I don't know for a lawyer that seems kind of odd. But but <laughs> but he does have that that, Trend, that beard thing going lawyer, on. Trendy
0: lawyer, yeah.
1: Maybe, maybe they don't trust you know the blonde guy with very sharp razors. I mm. don't know. So because you can see the the lower half of his face, um, they they've kind of made an attempt to. Um, Paint that beard on, and they have not done a good job. It kind of looks like, hmm, it looks like grease to me. You know, to be honest. Or um, if you if you remember way back there was a Ken doll where you could color in the pe- the beard with like a mm-hmm. little magic marker and then shave it off. It looks like somebody did that to it. Like you know, <laughs> to me, I, I don't. Oh,
0: I don't.
2: So it, it looks to me like you know in Team America when they metamorphosize Gary to look like he's middle eastern mm. and they basically yeah. just I a couple of bits of tuft hair on him it looks like that to me
1: yeah it just doesn't it doesn't look good compared to the rest of the figure and and that's the the thing that kind of pulls me out of it is just that little bit of flesh that's showing um you know the armor all looks good and and it's just where the the flesh is showing just doesn't look it needs like texture to it where that beard is i think and, and it doesn't have it. And I, I really think that's what doesn't work with, with this. Um, one of the other things that doesn't work for me is, is the scale. I, like I said, I started to mention that and then I, I backed off. Um, like I said, I had opened daredevil first and, and, or I'd open punisher first. And I was, I was pretty okay with that. Um, he actually comes holding, which I wish was removable. Um, a daredevil helmet. So Punisher is holding a daredevil helmet. Obviously the Punisher is intended to be the end of, um, season two of daredevil. If you haven't seen it. Uh, but that helmet is not the same scale as daredevil's head. It's, it's quite a bit bigger and and it's, it's visibly bigger when you see it next, you know, when you have the two of them next to each other, but only on top of that, um, Punisher is probably almost three quarters of a head higher. Um, and, and the two actors are about the same height. you know Punisher's not intended to be like a six five, you know bulky guy. Um, so he's he's either Daredevil's too small or Punisher's too big and I'm leaning towards um, Daredevil being too small only because uh, of him next to Luke Cage and um, I've, I actually just got Electra yesterday. So after seeing them all together, I really think this, this Daredevil is too small. So, um, mm. and, and, uh, you know, I, I hold out hope because they just announced a second Punisher statue. I'm really hoping that maybe they will go back and do a, a second Daredevil. But then again, he'd probably be on a different base. So, um, you know, it's it's a catch-22. Uh, I mean, he, he looks... I wish they were all... Like museum posed and facing the same direction. Punisher's looking off to one side, so either you display him looking forward or you display him looking to the side. Um, Daredevil's kind of the one looking forward, but in a very static museum pose. Blue uh, Cage is is like ready to fight. He's he's got one leg up on a uh, vent and he's got his fists out and he's ready to go. And is like actually taking a step forward. So, out of all of them, this one if I was just going to buy a Daredevil statue, this would probably be okay. Um, it's a good representation of the character. It looks like the TV version. Um, but, uh, you know, taken him by himself. He's probably, if you really like just that character probably will satisfy you. But if you put him in with the other ones, he doesn't look as right as he should. So I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but he just doesn't fit cohesively with the group. Um, one slight thing that kind of adds to that is if you look at him next to Punisher, his boots look like they're, he's wearing Punisher's boots and it looks like he's Punisher's wearing his boots. Like the, his feet are like bigger than Punisher's and that figure, like I said, is, is about three quarters of a head taller. So it also doesn't help that, uh, Daredevil has had the shortest of all the bases, not by much, but you know, maybe four millimeters or so. Uh, but, you you add that into the fact that, okay, here the figure's too short to begin with, and now I'm going to stand him on a base that's, you know, a couple of millimeters shorter. It just doesn't help the situation at all. So
0: it's tricky, I think, how much expectation you put on companies for stuff like this. Cause I, you know, I understand that just the way that the modern production process works, that most of the people that work on this stuff are not physically in the same place. And, they use lots of different uh, sculptures, et cetera, in the in the process, and then also where it gets printed and produced. Um, but something like getting this set scaled well with each other, to me, seems like a bit of a no-brainer and like a, a big miss, because you obviously want people to buy them all. Um, and I think you'd have to kind of probably put it down to just – not good enough coordination between projects uh, for the kind of just scale of the overall set
1: yeah I I really wonder if Daredevil was like the first one they actually did even though he came out at the same time as Punisher and um, because of that you know he was maybe the first one and then they did all the rest of them together I'm just not sure Um, I'm really curious now to see Jessica versus Luke to kind of see how she looks um, Electra is basically the same height essentially as Daredevil which the actress is actually fairly a, a good deal shorter than him so um, you know it's like if he had been the Punisher's height and Electra was his height that would have been probably a perfect scale so um, I, I, like I said I if if you're gonna if you're gonna get him for just Daredevil I would probably give him Maybe in eight out of ten, maybe like a seven-seven-five out of ten. Um, but if you're going to get him because you want to get all of them, then he's probably more like a seven out of ten. Um, you know, I, and I'm trying to consider the price point in this too a little bit. So um, both of these have kind of been like, okay, I like a lot of things about them, but there's just these one or two little things, in the scales obviously the big one here. So.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you for that, John. It's like I said, it's always great to um, hear your reviews, and it's also great to um, see, you know, how the way that people's collecting evolves. Um, on our year in review show, I talked uh, a bit about Diamond Select and you know what I've really enjoyed from them in 2017 with the real development of the gallery line, and you know I, I think there are better examples of it um, succeeding than this particular piece for the reasons that you've. That you've mentioned, but I still um, really like the fact that they are putting out um, these uh, collectibles at a different price point. Um, that because you know, there are you can buy stuff in a similar or even smaller scale for a lot more, and that is not friendly to you know anyone's budget. But you know, for some people, it's either a line they don't want to cross or they legitimately just can't afford it. Um, and I, I think that overall in this line that they're doing a really good job of providing some really, really good quality, um, pieces.
1: Well, don't, 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 get me wrong. Cause I, you know, I like the fact that I'll be able to have them all except for Danny, maybe. Um, you know, I, I like that. I can tell you this, if I had known the Marvel legend series was coming before I pre-ordered these, I don't know that I would have. So, um, I might've, I probably would have ordered the punisher no matter what. So you know, at that price point, but, um,
0: yeah, have you I, got I, the Marvel I, Legends I,
1: yet? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I actually pre-ordered that case, and then now they're everywhere, and I'm wondering why I went through the trouble of doing that.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way. It's like if you had, you wouldn't if you hadn't pre-ordered them, you wouldn't be able to find them. So,
1: well, it was one of those that you know it didn't it was up for pre-order and nobody was talking about it, and um, I mean maybe I didn't pre-order it. Maybe I just ordered the case because I couldn't find them anywhere. You know, and and I, I think if I remember right, a wave that was on pre-order at, that came out that was pre-ordered after them but came out before them or something, and I was like, oh, I wonder if these are going to be short packed or something. So I was really worried about finding Jessica in the in the Legends ones. I thought she would be the one that was hard to find, but apparently the none bullseye. of them are. The bullseye is very cool. I actually didn't keep him. Um, I sold oh, really? him off, but
0: oh, poo. yeah,
1: but but is <laughs> is a comic person. Um, you would really love that figure because he is. Uh, I know. He's I definitely want a comic bullseye. Yeah, I just kept the the TV and film ones because that's my thing, you know. Hey, so, so I think video. I asked and nobody spoke up.
0: Oh really? Oh, that's probably yeah. Fair.
1: Yeah. Because Ben got the blade.
0: Ah, uh, Ben got the blade. Yeah. <gasps> but not the bullseye. Okay. All right. I'll forgive you then. <laughs> it wasn't Eddie's. Awesome. Yeah, that's fine. Then we'd have a completely different issue. That would be bad. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, John. Always great. As you said, and speaking of Eddie, uh, while he couldn't join us for uh, this recording, he has sent in a very Deadpool-y review, and so we're going to hand over to that next.
3: Hello, guys. It's Eddie here, and today... I am going to be talking about Marvel Legends, one of my favorite topics to talk about, but it has been a little while since I have had a chance to discuss this line of articulated plastic marvels. Normally, I would be doing a figure breakdown with uh, Ben and sometimes Scotty on Marvel Legends, but... I'm pretty sure I'm the only one picking up uh, the figures that I'm going to be talking about today, and that is, of course, my boy, Deadpool, Wade Wilson. He has become a little bit popular in recent years if you haven't noticed. Uh, He might have had a very successful film franchise as well as capturing the merchandising zeitgeist. So being that he went from really struggling to get marvel legend figures out there despite his popularity at least in the later years uh it sounds weird but when he was first announced for series six of the toy biz line there were a lot of people who seemed confused and wondering what this spider-man looking dude was i think i was one of a handful of people who was squealing with joy and a lot of people were quite disappointed to uh, learn who only knew him from that series six marvel legends it never actually interacted with dupe up until that point <laughs> so it was a bit of a weird combination that uh threw a few people off uh, but cut through to modern day and we are starting to see a barrage of Deadpool figures coming in now Deadpool does fall into a bit of a weird car- category he is often thought to be an adult aimed character uh, really, this is something more of recent, if I'm going to get nerdy for a tick. Uh really started it not in the comics, but in the video games, uh, and then they... Uh, obviously had the R-rated movie Now there is a Deadpool Max book It ran for I think less than 20 issues But apart from that All of Deadpool's stuff has been In that same PG level of Marvel That uh, Spider-Man and all the other books Get published under So Deadpool being this level of adult Really isn't a com- common thing When you get into the character It's just more in the Media that's more widely known uh, by the public, so uh, Florida mums and that are probably going to recognise him more from an R-rated movie than a uh, team up with Wolverine. So I think that Hasbro might be playing it a bit coy here with Deadpool products. Although we are getting a whole wave of Deadpool figures next year, so a go figure. I am might be completely off here, uh, but what ended up happening? happening this year is we got a bunch of Deadpool exclusive figures being released the first one we got is uh, the Back in Black Deadpool. So this is Deadpool based off two different storylines. Uh, first, Wade Wilson's Secret, Secret War. And uh, the Back in Black that they figure takes its name from. And for those that don't know this story falls into a really weird spot in uh, whether or not it's continuity. Basically, it's retelling the time of the 80s crossover event Secret War uh, as if Deadpool actually took part in the event and he was there due to some circumstances. The other characters kind of actually uh, forget that he's around. There's actually a really great action figure inside Joke where he stumbles across a room uh, with all the... Uh, Holographic shields that the figures uh, Used to come with uh, But at one point in that story He does get a hold of the Venom symbiote uh, And wears it at a point So uh, there are Quite a number of designs for Deadpool wearing a Venom symbiote, or just a symbiote in general. Uh, The first one, I believe, was a Scotty Young design that really is more the red and black. This one is black and white, and it is meant to have a bit of a retro feel to it because it was an homage to comic books that were coming out in the 80s. It's kind of as if Deadpool wearing that Venom symbiote was designed... In the eighties I know there's a new video game contest of champions, and getting a pop vinyl has another more sort of red and black and really big vicious looking Deadpool, this is much more your sleeker slender uh version that's really based more off the black spider-man outfit than it is off venom so he does use that uh basic uh bucky cap buck so we do kind of know the articulation that's uh going on here now he does come with a bunch of uh Bits and pieces uh he's got swappable hands, so you've got the regular sword grip hands you've got uh the carnage hands uh which to be honest I don't know if they were they were from yes, no, they were from carnage and then they were retooled for spider carnage, but those sort of talon hands, and then there's one web shooter hand uh for his right. Um, that you can pop in there as well he also comes with swappable heads so you have what is the uh, superior venom (laughs) remember that figure that people are like is this one we really need Uh, it's a repaint of that uh, so it's more of him getting grumpy and that venom look but the really cool head at least for me Uh, is the retro Deadpool head. So I think when this figure was first shown off, we kind of assumed that they would be using the current Deadpool head, Uh, but it's not. This is the Deadpool head, so it's more rounded at the back There's no uh, sort of condom tip reservoir there. And the circles around his eyes are much more circular and flat. There's no sort of seam lines or that going around it. So I'm very confident this is the head sculpt we're going to be getting on that retro Deadpool figure that's coming out next year. So it's nice to get a little bit of an advanced uh, teaser for that here. He also comes with the Agent Venom sort of symbiote tentacle uh, piece that plugs into his backpack plug hole uh, there. And he comes with two pink laser sword weapons uh, that's just the katana sculpt uh, sculpted in a clear purple plastic. Now, the tentacles coming off his back were sculpted to hold guns, which he doesn't come with. Uh, Depending on how you lean the katanas in there, they can kind of hold them but any slight knock to your shelving and they're going to become flying off Uh, it's really only his gripping hands that uh, can hold it like careful posing you can uh, but it's not going to really stay there for long Uh, now I forgot to mention uh, where this guy was from so this guy is an exclusive he is the GameStop exclusive which unfortunately we don't have here uh, in Australia but I was able Able to uh, pick him up through a another vendor and of course being me and being that this uh, is my boy I actually got two of him uh, so I can have one displayed in the full-on Venom mode and one in his retro 80s mode so uh, I am I do really like this figure uh, he is nice but he's not a must for your shelf unless you're a big Deadpool fan like me I don't think he's overly needed. His place in continuity is very iffy that uh, the series that these are based off of, uh, they say are in continuity, but they're really more comedic purpose series that uh, aren't really going to be referenced through too much. So uh, they are in that bit of a weird spot. So it's not like you're missing a crucial part of Marvel history, not having this guy on your shelf but if you are a big Deadpool fan or uh, you're a Symbiote fan which there are also plenty of uh, this guy is pretty good for uh, what you get now the other legend I'm going to be talking about today he's a bit more different this guy is a a lot more controversial as an exclusive and that is the Hascon X-Force Deadpool So for those that don't know, the X-Force Deadpool is based off the Rick Remender... Uh, run on X-Force. Uh, so it's the second series where you had this Black Ops X-Men team run by Wolverine, and they're running around in uh, grey and black uniforms. So there was a team before Deadpool joined that had uh, X-24 and Warpath on it that was done by Chris Yost and that. Uh, but this one comes from the second one after the... Uh, oddly enough, it came about after the uh second coming uh event which is going to be it seems the title for the next Deadpool movie uh his second coming uh hint hint uh there so maybe we'll uh see this gray outfit uh turning up uh in there just uh because it is meant to lead to an X-Force movie so yeah, I'm, I'm just realizing that this is just a brain fart I'm having here now. So, uh, hashtag Eddie was right if that comes true. Anyway, uh, we have, uh, the figure based on that gray and black outfit. So, this is the same Deadpool head sculpt that we have got from The juggernaut wave where he does have that condom reservoir tip at the back of his head and he does have those seams coming down and meeting the black circles over his eyes but obviously it's painted differently so he does have red eyes and it's uh, grey around and not red. This figure, it's the body that changes a little bit. So not really the body. Uh, he is still on that bucky cap buck. But his forearms and his lower legs are just the basic designs of that buck. So he doesn't have the shin pads or the lower arm uh, gauntlets on like the modern day figure does. He also has a different belt. It is an X-Men belt. So it's still got the pouches around with the X in the middle. Don't know if we've seen it before, but I think we might be seeing it again later on uh, with the classic Deadpool that I mentioned is coming uh, next year. And he's got his, uh, straps that were on the Deadpool we got last year, uh, this time painted black and he's got his katanas that slide in there. Now, where this guy is cool is like that one from the Juggernaut Wave. He does come with a ton of accessories. So let's go the Boring to the more interesting. So, uh, he does come with a swappable head. Uh, It is uh, the exact same sort of Freddy Krueger pizza phrase head that we got with the Juggernaut Wave Deadpool. They're very much based on the Tony Moore artwork. Difference with this guy is that he's actually got eyes that are painted in a slightly more green tinge. Uh, then the juggernaut one and he doesn't have any sort of darker rings or bags around his eyes like that one has slightly different uh brown wash too uh could just be coincidence or difference in paints uh thinning when i compare it does slightly give it more that jerome Pena almost muddy coloring that the artist has that the series that this Uh, Deadpool is based off of Uh, so it could have been intentional but it's Hard to say fully. Uh, he does also come with the taco that that same figure came with. Uh, this time they have painted the taco differently, so it does look like he's gone with a lot more guacamole or lettuce uh, than last time. There's a lot more green coming through on the sides, and even the taco shell is a slightly different shade. So that's kind of good because I've kind of been army building these uh, tacos, so I like having uh, a bit of variety in his order. Now there was a weird laser-type gun that came with that Juggernaut Deadpool. Uh, I keep calling him Juggernaut Deadpool, but I, I want to sort of start calling him the Taco Deadpool. Which, unfortunately, this guy comes with the taco. But uh, we'll call this guy X Force Deadpool, and the other one Taco Deadpool, just for ease. Uh, so Taco Deadpool came with this silver-type laser uh, gun. Uh, The X-Force Deadpool comes with that same laser-type gun. This time, though, it is painted in black and red. Uh, He also comes with the two laser pistols uh, that is the laser pistol that came with the AIM Trooper. So it's kind of hard to describe. It really does not look like a gun that would be firing ammunition uh, it almost looks like a barcode <laughs> scanner uh, gun, but they are also painted in red and black. And what's really cool is this is pretty much the red and black that the Taco Deadpool come in. So it is a much better color design because the laser gun that came with the Taco Deadpool really was uh, just a flat silver. So this does add a nice layering of dimension onto it there. He also comes with a rocket uh, launcher bazooka. Uh, now, it is the exact same mold that we got with the Taco Deadpool, except this time, instead of being green and coming with a boxing glove at the end, uh, being X Force, it's a bit more serious. So, he comes with one of the movie Iron Man blast effects. Uh, but this is really clever sculpt reuse because the peg does go into. Uh, the hole here on the end of the bazooka where the boxing glove used to go in, and now it looks like it's got a firing effect on it. And I imagine it would be making a boom noise because coming off just close to that muzzle, Deadpool has spray-painted the word boom and drawn his little face into the O's there. So I like little touches uh, like that. It's really not anything from the comics or anything like that, but it's something that's been happening uh, with a lot of different Deadpool figures sort of starting with that two-pack one uh, back in the old Toys R Us exclusives that just had his face on the machine gun. But multiple different uh, lines and that do do it, and it's a nice uh, carrying touch that I like. But my favorite accessory is a really weird one, and that is it's just uh, the pretty much the most basic pistol sculpt you can think of from marvel legends uh we've got this gun a ton of times with secret agent and bucky and uh, punisher a whole bunch of different ones the taco deadpool came with two of them Uh, but what is cool about this gun is that it's painted in a very toy blue and has orange around uh, the uh, end cap of the gun so this is basically, it's a toy gun uh, <laughs> that he's got uh, as uh People often know who are toy collectors about guns needing to have the orange cap at the end and be brightly colored so they're not mistaken for real guns. And I really love this because he's a Hascon exclusive. Uh, he's an exclusive to an exhibition that's about toys. This is one of those really nice sort of, uh, meta text, uh, pieces and is something that he would potentially carry around in a gun holster is a water pistol so i really love uh this piece but having also the blue and the orange uh it adds a nice little bit of uh Sort of breaks up, uh, just his plain gray and black look of the actual overall figure. Uh, so he is a fantastic figure. If you liked the Taco, uh, Deadpool, then the X-Force Deadpool, uh, is not gonna disappoint. It's a lot of the same things that made the original figure great, uh, but is something, uh, different here. Uh, to really, uh, mix it up and still make it a worth, uh, while addition if you do own the original one. Now, this isn't the first X-Force Deadpool either we've gotten. There was one that reused that two-pack Deadpool sculpt very early on in the comeback of, uh, the Marvel Legends at Hasbro back, I think it was the Epic Heroes wave that he came out in. Uh, if, for some reason, you had the opportunity to choose between the two. This is the better X-Force Deadpool to go to. It's actually far more accurate, uh, to the X-Force Deadpool, uh, look, uh, and really is a better figure all around. That other one was a reuse of the old toy biz bullseye buck, and I'm, um, one of the few Deadpool things that I'm not a fan of is that sort of techno belt where he has the orange circle in the middle, which that one uh is using. So that's just always going to be a nitpick on mine. Problem is, choosing between the two, though, is that this Deadpool uh, is, at the moment, very hard to come by because he was an exclusive at Hascon. Uh and any of the stock that was left over was sold on a Hasbro Toy Shop uh, and it was very limited. I think believe it was only one per customer. So uh it wasn't going into the hands of scalpers, which is a good thing, uh but It does mean that uh, if you're like me and live internationally, uh, it can be a lot harder to get a hold of because uh, the people that you would normally have to resort to to pick one up uh, couldn't even pick one up to sell on, uh, which is unfortunate now obviously i managed to get my hands on one Uh, i did it by basically taking a gamble i found someone who was selling one in asia Uh, now from the area that this person was selling in asia it might lead people to think that it was a knockoff. Uh, I was kind of concerned, uh but took the gamble anyway and uh once I had it in hand was very relieved but still spent a lot of time poring over some uh, legit Websites that I knew had their hands on proper versions and just double and triple checking everything I could to make sure uh, that this guy was <laughs> the legit piece. And I am happy to report that I am extremely confident that this guy is not a knockoff. If he is, then the knockoff game is improving and getting to that uh really <laughs> high-end mark. Uh, <laughs> so I, I did get lucky. Uh, there on that one uh, but it is a shame uh, because if you are like me and you're a massive uh, Deadpool fan who doesn't live in the US uh, having Deadpool fall more into exclusives it does become a lot harder to get a hold of such items so uh, if you are looking to spend three digits on the X-Force Deadpool uh, if you've got the money And, you know, you feel happy with the purchase, go for it. I can't recommend that someone spends what this guy is going for on the secondary market on one single Marvel Legends figure that is basically a variant of one that I think most Marvel Legends collectors actually picked up. And uh, despite being hard to find in the beginning because Hasbro released cases and cases of just Taco Deadpool by himself is really probably one of the most common Marvel Legends figures out there in the world uh, today. I would have to imagine in terms of the amount of figures produced of him. So uh, chances are you've got a hold of that Taco Deadpool. This guy is in a lot of ways, just a variance of that. Um, As I said, though, there are (laughs) enough changes to make it uh, so that he definitely does feel different, but I, I wouldn't, be too devastated if you do just have uh, that original X-Force Deadpool on your shelf as well as that uh, Taco uh, Deadpool and one of the reasons I feel I should say this is because it does look like we're actually going to be getting two waves of Deadpool Marvel Legends figures next year and that second wave is going to have multiple Deadpool figures and there's a good chance we're going to see this X-Force figure re-released there. And what they'll probably do is change up the accessories. So that one might not come with the taco and the head sculpt and or the gun might be painted in its regular colours and that way they can get away with still... Having one being a Hascon exclusive and that still being a special piece, but at the same time getting the main figure out to people because X-Force Deadpool is very popular. Uh, It always amazes me how popular uh, the X-Force run is with collectors considering it wasn't the biggest comic book of all time. Uh, it, it wasn't a bad seller by any means. I don't want to throw that out, but, uh, it's, uh, always interesting, uh, for me to see how many collectors get behind, uh, the X-Force motif, considering there's actually not been that many figures released in that style. And as a personal nitpick, they often get the teams kind of mixed up and confused in who's in what. But considering there haven't been that many releases in the style, then, you know, they're, they're there forming their own team. Uh, but, For me, as a Deadpool collector, I am uh, very happy at the moment having these exclusives. So uh, I'm not going to give them a Dolly rating. It's more just a discussion than a uh, review (laughs) like we'd normally do uh, for a Toy of the Week. Although Scotty will kill me now because that's going to probably mess up his intro. So uh, let's say that it started off as a Toy of the Week and now has become more of a philosophical uh discussion but uh i would feel there's too much bias uh and not enough for recommendations here with the figures but i as a deadpool collector am very happy at the moment so that will wrap things up for me here guys i'm going to pass you on to the next segment and i'm going to go off and play with my figures all right good journey If your collecting addiction is a hard
0: itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues with the promo code BREACH10.
2: Rounding us out with our last toy of the week is Mr. Scotty and away you go, sir.
0: Why, thank you very much. I um, was not exactly sure which of my um, Christmas acquisitions I was going to uh, share in this episode. But when I discovered that John was on, I decided that it should be a bombshell because I know that he enjoys listening to bombshell reviews. Correct? I do. That is true. I did this just for you. I Um, appreciate that. No worries. So... I um, am a big fan of the Bombshell series statues from DC Collectibles. If you are new to the show, um, then you might know the line. Um, This is based on pinup art from artist uh, Aunt Lucia, and it is kind of 40s, 50s um, pinup style uh, versions of the DC female characters been going for a number of years now. And we're getting into, uh, you know, we've kind of been through the majority of the a and B list. And so we're getting into some more interesting characters in the line and it's still going and stowing, showing no sign of stopping, which is very good. And so Vixen is the character that is giving the bombshells treatment in this episode. Now I've talked about this particular statue, um, a bit on the show in the lead up to it because I I think we covered it um, when it was announced and I had some comments about the design and color choices then that I really wasn't sure about. Um, I mentioned uh, I think um, last week or the week before that I had seen one in person and still wasn't sure the one that I'd originally seen in person had a big paint issue on the face and so I um, didn't buy it Um, and subsequently I did get this on sale and um, all I can say is that I'm really happy to be proven wrong uh, because in person this looks um, and is a lot more enjoyable than what I kind of felt from the solicits and there's a few reasons for that which I'll go through. So this is a 2017 release and acquisition, and this is, I'm pretty sure, the first statue in the line to be sculpted by sculptor Amy Sharp. Um, I've done a little bit of research um, on her stuff, and from what I can tell, this is her first uh, DC Collectibles piece. Um, I'm sure someone's gonna write in and tell me that I'm wrong now, uh, but uh she certainly has done a lovely um job with the the sculpt side of it, so basically what Aunt Lucia does with the d c female characters is takes them and recasts them in some sort of uh pin up style you know forties fifties maybe sixties um you know sort of role and so vixen um is in a kind of torch singer. Um, get up. Um, with a a fur hanging around her and a big slipping dress, and I I think bottom line, just going into this, is that this is uh a piece that I don't think photographs very well, and is actually a, a much much stronger conceptually in person, um, than in uh when you see it. Um, I do think there are some issues, which I'm going to talk about, um, but they're not with the sculpt. So I'll start sculpt-wise. All of these have the same base, which they've kept consistent all the way through, which is like the kind of manhole cover um, type base. And for quite some time now, the nameplate on it, which normally, you know, if you've listened to the show at all, you know that Ben and I um, get quite irritated when we get told who the character is because we just spent all this money on them. So obviously we know, um, this is the one line that I give a pass on that for simply because, um, they are quite stylized. And so uh, a little bit of help could be needed. Um, but also I think it's a way of getting the original art that this is based on, um, on there as well. And, uh, the, um, they are now attached by magnets. They had some breakage issues with the earlier pieces where the nameplates were just sculpted on. So now they come as a separate piece. It's attached by a magnet. My wish list, you know, w- w- in an ideal world, you would be able to display them without the tag. But it's really obvious if it's missing because of the way that it's done. So that's life and we deal. Um, these are still numbered additions. Um, they are uh, set. Yeah, out of, uh, it's interesting. The, for a long time, all the DC Collectibles stuff, um, because it, DC Collectibles, the rebadging from DC Direct happened kind of at the same time as the new 52. And so for a long time, all of the numbered stuff from DC Collectibles was out of 5,200, but this is out of 5,000. So, um, I'm not sure what's happening there. Maybe they got rid of a couple of worlds. I haven't been reading the comics for a while. So, mm. I don't know, the new 50. I'm not sure what that means. Um, so sculpt wise, um, the, the design is that she's got this, uh, low cut dress. Um, she, that has a big, um, thigh slit on the left. Um, she's got long gloves. Um, she's wearing quite high heels. She's got a fur and then a, what do they call that? Uh, uh, um oh, so like when when I first looked at her neck, I thought that it was meant to be just like a you know a big piece of fabric around it, but it's actually like those really highly stacked pearls that kind of form a cuff, mm-hmm. and you can see when you look at the back there's kind of meant to be the join um of them, and um she's wearing mm-hmm. some long uh dangly earrings, she's got her hair really nicely coiffed um and sculpt wise um, this is really beautifully done I included just some pictures from different angles there so that you could see um, the the fur the way that it hangs you can see right through um, you know the back um, her dress actually hangs over the edge of the base um, which I'll come back to um, in a moment but it's actually a really nice uh, visual effect um, the Uh, the different kind of textures that they're using here, the fur, um, et cetera, are, you know, quite from a sculpting perspective, um, they're really, um, really nicely done. So Amy Sharp, um, as a sculptor, I'm not familiar with any of the rest of her work, um, but she definitely has acquitted herself really well here and um, done a a beautiful, beautiful job. Um, Where this to me um, comes a little bit not un, not unstuck, but just uh, slightly misses the mark. Is in the kind con- the color choices. Um, you know, I I think that that they've done something to try and make sure that there's some acknowledgement of the comic version of the character in the color choices that they've made for um her outfit but there is just an issue so the good the good first um is like one of the things that i really could not tell until I actually had, like, even looking at it on the shelf, the one that I saw earlier that had a bit of a paint issue with um, on the face that I didn't want to buy, I didn't notice then. It wasn't until um, I got this at a different zing, they took it off the shelf, um, and I could see then that there were actual, like, glittery sparkles on the orange bit of her dress, which is most of the bodice and then all of the kind of... Um, the lower bit of the dress, and so there's an actual texture to it. There are little glittery um silver or what, clear sparkles on top of the orange um and that is really lovely. It's you know really nicely done. it's a nice effect, and it's one of the things that I really like about um the uh the bombshells pieces is that you always feel like they've just had some little bit of special attention that elevates them a bit above. Um, some of the other kind of statues at this scale. Um, uh, w- where the issue is for me, I mean, obviously, um, Vixen, you know, is a African, oh, I think a Vixen, uh, Mariah McCabe, the the character is actually African-American. I don't think I'm saying that incorrectly, um, but, you know, she has a, a darker skin tone. And um, if you uh, look at I guess some of the different comic iterations of that. There's kind of different versions of orange and brown um, on her gear, and I think they've tried to um, hearken uh, back to that by, you know, two things. First of all, at the the kind of um, lowest point of the cut in the neckline of her dress is her little totem, the Vixen totem, um, that gives her her, uh, her abilities. Um, but then in the cutouts on the sides of her, um, outfit, uh, is a different color fabric. So it's not the orangey glitter. It's more of a brownie kind of leather thing. And to me that paint, that color choice doesn't work. Um, it, it, uh, it is too close to the skin tone, so y- you look at it first of all, and then yeah, uh, like, oh, is this, yeah, is this meant to be like oh maybe it is her skin, but no wait no I don't think it is, um, you know it because then she's got some um, you know quite uh, really defined lines on the the side, um, and so I, I don't know there's there's kind of a couple of different. Options here for what this might have have meant to have been. One is that you know it maybe it was meant to be a kind of cutout um, where you could see the skin through, and then they chose not to to do that. The the and that's definitely the way it's been sculpted, whether they've chosen to try and paint it like it was skin because it is the same color as her her skin tone. Um but it's got a slightly different um sheen to like it. A, so it's definitely yeah, like a
1: finish is different.
0: Yeah, it has a finish to it. So to me I think it's meant to look like, you know, a kind of leather and and perhaps even with those cuts in the side that her idiot, that is her skin showing through those cuts but you know if her art director had presented that color scheme to me I would have sent them back to the drawing board um I think it you know it would have been much better to keep it all and, in the orange um yeah until
1: and, you said that I I couldn't see it but no now, well, I
0: mean It really took me, it was not until I had it in hand, because that's why, like, when it was first solicited, and this is back in the middle of last year, I think it was shown at San Diego 2016. um, And, uh, you know, every time I looked at it, I've been like, I don't get it, I don't like the color scheme, something's, you know, kind of wrong here um but i where i finally worked out i think what this is really meant to be is that if you look on the picture of um the the piece on the um the box there's a picture Mm. on the side of the box where you can see that this was uh, meant to be in more of a gold color, um, and then the slits—you know—were obviously her skin. And so, I'd say something's gone wrong between factory and planning. Um, there, um, I still think it's a weird design. Even if they had gotten the the gold right of what you know what this is meant to be, um, I, I still think it's kind of just a weird design, a little bit too much happening. And I would have you know said look this this glittery gold it, it, you know orangey kind of color is just amazing let's just have all of it um and she would have looked smashing um so I, I think it's kind of a case sometimes you know less is more um they've tried to be a bit clever and then of course it hasn't quite worked and it was not until i'd actually seen the box seen the piece and then worked out uh, what they were actually trying to do um so yeah
2: so it's one of those yeah. where it's, I assume, meant to be like if you had the dress and it was like a mostly C through but a slightly gold insert panel in the side yes. of the dress, right? Yep. Yeah. But, then, but then I guess the problem is the other solution they could have had was not have the cuts in it because yeah. that just looks really dopey. Yeah. Even on the, the side of the box where it, the gold is done, properly, it doesn't look like a solid design choice.
0: No, I mean and and again I, I think that maybe they were trying to do that to give a little bit of the, you know, animal print, mm. you know, sort of thing something there. Because, you know, there's a fine line with these pieces between how well they actually evoke the character, um, and how well they fit the theme. Um, you know, you go to Black Canary as an example where you know, she's meant to be a, you know, kind of 50s style like cafe singer with a microphone thing. And uh, it's a fantastic statue, but you you would never look at that and think, oh, that's meant to be Black Canary um, because they went really just right out of out of it. And I think that, that people were a little bit critical of that. And so I like that they've tried to, you know, kind of do something here where you should be able to get a feel for it, but it just has failed at the at the last mark. Um and it really was not until I saw the um the picture on the box that I realized, oh, that's what this is supposed to be. Um but yeah, it has not actually um come off. Um the other the other thing too, just in terms of looking at the um uh the Aunt Lucia pin up as opposed to the actual piece is that um, her hair in what's been painted is much darker than the uh the the hair in the pinup has got a bit more of a, some highlights in it, and I actually prefer that because what I think they've done by kind of going darker with the hair is that it, it it looks a lot better in person than what I originally thought, but it just kind of makes her look a little bit matronly or something. I'm not I'm not sure. Um. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, this is – I I really like Vixen. She's a a fun um, character, and I'm glad that she made it into the line. And I think that the concept was on um, in terms of, you know, what to kind of do with her. Um, And I do, you know, like this a lot more than what I – in in person than what I did. Um, But, you know, like I – normally with Bombshells, like I – well, will if if I haven't pre-ordered um then I'll grab the first one that I that I see um but with this one I was like you know I'm gonna wait until for a sale because I don't feel like this is gonna go anywhere um and uh which I was right about um although actually when I I was back at the place where I saw the first one I didn't buy um because it actually had a bit of a paint bug on the teeth like the white of her teeth had kind of gone up, up to lips and that was actually gone it had been sold. Um, The other little niggle to mention is that I mentioned before that um, the dress drapes off the base, which I love. I think that's a great concept. And unfortunately, just packaging-wise, I think that that edge of the um, uh, dress needed a little bit uh, more padding than what was um, provided. And so there is a tiny little, and you can actually probably see it in my photos at the back, there is a tiny little black or gray rub on the edging of that, which is just from the packaging. So, mm. um, you know, it's not hugely noticeable, but it's still, um, you know, a bit of a, bit of a shame. Mm. Um, yeah. um, yeah. So look, uh, you know, from a collection point of view, I'm really glad to have this in the collection. Um, I thought before I got this, that this was going to be a total miss and it certainly, I don't think it is anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, realistically in the scale of bombshells um, this is you know I, I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten um, dollies um, you know one just for the 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 couple of issues there I didn't mention just the the only real paint issue besides that rub on the dress is that the, um, the the sculpting of that stack of pearls on her neck is impeccable, like really, really beautifully done. Um, but the paint hasn't quite lived up to it. There's a couple of little issues, particularly mm-hmm. in the back. So I'm going to lose a point for that. And I'm going to lose then two points just for the um, you know concept there with the torso because I think that that um, was not quite spot on and definitely not foolproof enough and um, has gone a bit wrong so happy to have it uh-huh. um, you know would would uh, I, I think it's a completest piece you know it's not it's unlikely to be that kind of piece that unless you just desperately love Vixen I don't think it's going to be that thing that people are going to look at and go oh wow I've really got to have that um, okay. but I'm glad that I've got it in my collection you
1: know when you look at your um, left side photo you, you can actually see Kind of it almost looks more like what they intended. Yeah. Where yeah, it's that's... where it's been shaded under her armpit. Yep. Huh. Yeah. I, you know this is gonna sound really crass probably. I, I actually wish she wasn't as thin as she is. Um huh. you know, that was something I loved early in the line is is the Wonder Woman is very she's I'm not gonna say she's stocky, but she's very yeah. um characteristic for the time period know the 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 50s time period of what what beautiful women were which mm-hmm. isn't today's Barbie doll um, you know really super thin so I, I wish they had went a little more towards that way with her just just a little bit because like in her shoulders and stuff she looks a little too thin to me but
0: um, that's interesting like I, said, that's, I don't think that they've really carried that on with any of the other pieces though have they like I
1: I don't know I think a couple of them they have Um, but, but I don't know, for some reason she's looking and it, it may just be the way her shoulders look. Um, her her shoulders just look really, really thin. Like they're going to snap off to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear! Oh, that's funny.
1: Now you have the cover girl Vixen too, right? I do. Maybe. I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took me a minute to work that out. I was like, I know I've seen her
0: before
1: and I was trying to work out like what, I would have seen her from, like, a statue yeah, of
0: her. So. I, I, um, I'm sure I reviewed the CoverGirl Vixen, actually, back in the day on Hero. Like, that that was a bit of a disappointment, um, because they, like, with the Art Germ Lao series um, with the cover Girls, which I have to say I was not a huge fan of, because I just thought that compared to the um, Adam Hughes ones, that they were just a little bit... Um, odd, like, you know, stylistically. And, um, th- but yeah, th- with Vixen, he, he just kind of took some real license with her and gave her like cornrows for her hair, mm-hmm. but, but like not in, not in the kind of style that she had in the earlier days of the comics. And it just didn't look like her, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was just a bit of a miss, um, I thought. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely better but we you know the only really kind of truly comic accurate vixen piece i've ever seen was the um, women of the dcu bust which they you know did back in the the day Mm. um yeah and i was actually thinking it's funny i was only thinking about them yesterday because i'm kind of looking at some of those now and what i've been doing with the the kind of cover girls pieces is as i get those characters either in bombshells or premium formats or whatever kind of moving those on just from a uh, you know, don't need a billion versions of every character per, um, thing, and um, the and I was thinking about the bus, which I um, really loved those women of the DC universe bus that they did for years, and we got some really you know like we got characters like Phantom Lady and Jade and you know that sort of thing, and those days of getting those sort of characters in. um comic accurate versions of those characters in any kind of statue form just seem to be gone.
1: Yeah, that's a nice one. A nice one. I I, I think you're right though. I don't think that this will appeal to everyone. But no, I it's all right. It's almost like if they had taken the sparkly stuff and put it on those sides. Yes. So it looked more sheer. It probably would have worked a little yeah. more to what they wanted.
0: It's really good looking. You know, like and so it. it and the more that I look at it, the more that I I like that material and that finish and i really wish that they had just continued it um you know the the whole way through i think that would have been much much better
1: well thank you thank you scotty and we will be right back after this
0: Well, we love hearing from you, and if you would like to give us some feedback and hear it right out on the show, then you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can find us on Facebook, Action Figure Blues, or on Twitter at AFBlues, or also on Instagram as Action Figure Blues, um, and uh, you might just hear it right out. Um, and last week for our year in review show, we put out there um, for to ask you what your favorite picks of the year were. And these are a couple of tweets that came in after we recorded um, that John and Adam are going to read out.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm going to read out one here from um, at Bo, B-A-U, underscore Cephas86. And he says, that's a nearly impossible question. I'd be torn. Storm collectible Sub-Zero, Mezco Punisher, and the NECA SDCC TMNT set. And I know some people would probably say that TMNT set was the coolest, but um, my pick, if I had been on last week, would have been that Mezco Punisher. Um, That's probably my favorite thing I got last year. And, you know, I I spent... I spent three or four weeks reviewing it on on the website, so um, you know I, I, it, it it it's one of those things when I took it out of the box, I definitely have to agree, because that was kind of my first one of those, and um, just going through all the accessories and and looking at the little bits and stuff, it it it, it was cool, and it really felt like a high end thing more than I expected. Very
0: cool. good, and Adam, hey, excellent. Um, I have
2: a tweet from at Lost Ranger eighty seven who nominates the NECA Aliens and Predator 30th anniversary lines uh, and the large-scale Predator Jungle Demon from NECA. Um, yeah, they were pretty good. I think most of the Aliens and Predator stuff, there was a fair bit of um, reuse in those lines as well, wasn't there?
0: I, I think, think so. I... so. We need Ben to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we um, said uh when at the end of the show, we kind of talked about the companies that we hadn't actually talked about a lot um in our best tubs and uh NECA was one where it came up a couple of times um but you know they are such consistent performers and they do um they do such a good job overall and if you're a fan of that line like you know one of the things that I really love about NECA is that you know, that they, they understand collectors they they know the things that people want they will Bring out the you know the particularly with the aliens and predators the kind of little niche you know versions of I think with predators they've kind of gone to making them up really but um, still like if you know they, they definitely um, have done done right by fans of that line that's for sure. Um, we got I'm, some...
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. They're doing uh, pants labyrinth stuff. Which oh is
0: my gosh. Cool. Mm. I'm gonna have nightmares. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, fine. Um, We uh, got a new review on iTunes. It's a four-star review. We do like it when it's five, um, but we have a chance to improve, boys. So listen, this is from LW0056 from the USA. Hi, LW. And uh, the title is Something That You Used To Do That I Can't Figure Out Why You Stopped Doing. Hmm. Okay. So straight to the point here. I really wish you would go back to providing the information in the little drop down that shows the timestamps for the breaks between the topics. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so it was really great being able to see a sort of table of contents. I have zero interest in the opening banter. Oh, so sweet. And there are some reviews and toys that you talk about that I don't care about. Having the option to move right to a stamp time to listen to the things that interest me is something that is sorely missed. Put that back in and I'll give you the fifth star. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Hmm. so the, the reason that that isn't there anymore is that, um, Apple has, uh, been very begrudging in its tolerance of podcasts because they haven't worked out how to make money out of it. Um, and one of the ways that they, you know, one of the ways that they, it's, it's kind of like the one thing that so far the Apple's tried to say, yeah, this isn't a thing anymore. That is still a thing and has become even more of a thing. Um, and, uh, one of the ways that they have shown their begrudgerance towards it is in GarageBand, which I used to use. Um, they've removed the podcast, uh, kind of support tool from that. And then also, Made like it, it still exists in an older version of GarageBand, but for a long time I could not get that to actually work in new re- newer versions of um, the Mac OS. And so I moved to using something else. And one of the things, features that I wasn't able to find in another tool was the marker. Um, and, you know, I have actually done some research into that to work out how to try and replicate that somewhere else. And uh, I th- it is something that um, I would l- love to work out how to do again. But uh, we thank you for your feedback. But, I, you know, I happily put that in when I could. And if I can work out how to bring it back. Hmm. Mm. Right, oh, after the, off.
2: Uh, yeah, right after Apple reintroduced the three and a half meal.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, like... It's it's kind of interesting. Like I, I think um, that you know historically it, it's not a it's not a secret that um that Apple you know did kind of uh, try and kill podcasts basically um or do, you know just kind of stop supporting it and it's just kind of really taken on this other life and so they've had to come back and actually start doing stuff and they've actually announced a. Um, some new tools and analytics and stuff that they're going to bring into podcasts um, next year, which will be the first time that they've done stuff for podcasts for ages. Um, the they, the podcast app in um, iOS 11 I actually find really clunky and hard to use, and thinking of trying to work out another pod feed because it's just annoying me so much. Um, so yeah, and obviously they're not sponsors of our show, so. <laughs> <coughs> But uh, look, thanks for that feedback. Um, and thanks for, you know, your zero interest in us and, um, cheers. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> missing out on all that good, uh, American Australian, you know, learning that we've done over the years.
0: Absolutely. Uh, missing out on us and the awesomeness that is us. Hello. Um, cool. But look, I, you know, uh, I will definitely continue to pursue trying to bring it back. Um because I know that people did find that useful.
1: I mean it's coming into home improvement season for you guys, so um you know, I expect
0: some updates in the banter. Oh, I I I, I did my home improvement. I'll talk about it next time. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um yeah, because now we've gotta go to bed. Well and you've got to have a have a day and we have to go to bed.
1: Well, I might go back to bed for a little
0: while. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well it was thank you so much for getting up super duper early to talk to us it is oh. much appreciated
1: well I wouldn't I wouldn't miss you guys if I got a chance to talk to you guys at all so yeah I was like hey, it's early but I'm gonna do it
0: <laughs> very nice um, way to ring in the new year
1: yeah, yeah. happy oh. new year guys uh,
0: I am um, am now going to try and ignore the huge chocolate craving that I I'm suffering from right now and not have any and just go to bed. That's okay. Hey. Cause these drugs
2: are being sold like any day now.
1: I saw, yeah. I saw somebody post They actually already are here.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because my, my wife works, you know, in a, as the head of a primary school and she comes home every Christmas with like just a truckload of, gifts and the majority of it's chocolate and stuff. And we try to give, we just you give it away, like as, you know, give it to the cleaner, give it to people that are whatever. Um, but I actually um, have got really good self-control when it comes to not opening stuff. Once it's open, I'm done. Right. But there's, so there's, you know, if someone else opens it, then I can't kind of resist and then it's all gone. Um, but I can actually ignore un, you know, like unopened boxes of chocolates but there's a lot of unopened boxes of chocolates in my house at the moment. I'm home alone. Um, and I've been having that kind of chocolate craving for three nights now where I'm like just one, but I know if I open it, it won't be just one. You know, i will be sitting on the couch in half an hour going, why did I eat the whole box? Uh, So I'm, I'm really, I just need to go to bed. I understand. Yeah. But we should say goodbye first. Okay. Bye Bye. Happy new year. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nate Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mark's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening! Okay, I really hate the new iPhoto. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm not so
2: we know what this one would be called if this was like a Friends episode. Oh, the
0: one with the... the one with n- Viper. Yeah, the one where yeah. Scott hates the new iPhoto. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah.